Welcome to the Corporate Legal Ops Consortium podcast, where we dive deep into conversations with technology and legal ops thought leaders from across the ecosystem. This is Clock Talk. I'm your host, Jen McCarran. I'm on the board of directors at Clock, and I lead the Netflix legal operations and technology team. On this episode, we're going back to Las Vegas to the 2023 Clock Global Institute podcast lounge. My guests are Julie Ricker, Director of Legal Ops at Bath & Body Works, and Kim Wolf, Head of Legal Business Management at Wells Fargo Bank. Our topic? Oh, change management. How I love thee. We also get into the details of how their teams are structured, which is another great lesson in scale. This is a great episode if you're trying to figure out what to build, how to build it, and what to do once you've built it. Enjoy the ride. Julie, Kim, welcome to the podcast lounge. Thank you. Thank you. What do you think? Awesome. The topic du jour is change management. That's what was assigned to us Mm -hmm. on this podcast. And have you heard of it? (laughs) (laughs) To manage or not to manage. To manage or not to manage. (laughs) To change manage. Have we heard of it? You're at Wells Fargo, Kim. You're Mm -hmm. leading a... Sizable team. Sizable team. I did an emergency (laughs) benchmark with you the other day. I'm like, quick, I need to know everyone's breakdown of your department Mm -hmm. and remind us how big your team is. So at Wells, legal operations is over 200 people. But to be clear, 100 of them are administrative assistants that support the entire department. Okay, so they fold it into yes, the org so yes. they can get the mm-hmm. right kind of supervision yes. and just part of the, the org structure. The care and feeding of them, yes. The care and the feeding <laughs> yes. of the execs from the assistants, just so kidding. So I would say uh, about 100 people, 100 140 solid. people that are true legal operations. Wow, amazing. Mm-hmm. And Julie, where do you work and how large is the team? Yep, so I work at Bath & Body Works and the ops team is a team of two. So are you one of the two? Yes, Yes. I am one of the two. I'm looking at 50% of Bath and Body Works. Exactly. And then I have a legal operations manager that reports to me. Okay. And where are you based? Columbus, Ohio. That's our headquarters. Oh, very cool. And Wells, you guys are in New York. Well, you're in the Carolinas. We're all over. The majority of our team is in Charlotte. I'm in New York. We've got Des Moines, Minneapolis, St. Louis, San Fran, LA. Yeah, we're all over. You graciously invited me to come speak to your team yes. recently on video. And they are still talking about oh, it. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. Yes. I showed up in a mood that day. <laughs> I mean, what was in the stars that day? I don't know. And I thought I was talking to a bunch of people in New York. So I was just running my mouth <laughs> or something. And then I saw a reflection and it looked like I was on a giant screen. You were. Great. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I found out mostly the folks from Charlotte. So yeah. most of my leadership team are based in Charlotte. We were there yeah. for an offsite That's and right. talking about change management talking and our, change and our management. roadmap for the next couple of years. And you were extremely insightful. Oh, that was fun. This is why I like to go out into the community with peers like you and just exchange like that and visit each other's teams. I get perspective sometimes on where I am, where my team is. And I was telling you all a bunch of solutions we had worked on in, in my years at Netflix and you said something like, how many people are you? And whatever we were at the time, 14 or so, you said, you sound like you're doing the work of 50. Absolutely. I took that quote right back into my <laughs> talent, my talent partners, my HR partners, my leaders. And I said, just so you know, because we lose perspective when we're inside a thing all the time. I said to them, just so you know, it's working. The plan's working. I'm trying to do a really talent dense team. 
and scale without hiring. I'm trying not to, as mm-hmm. much as it sounds like a blast to have a hundred people in the org, that comes over time. I mean, Wells has been at this a while. I mean, that's a journey to get to a hundred. It is, but I, I also think there's a big difference between financial services and banking yeah. and entertainment, yeah. right? You have the ability to be so much more nimble and try things that are far more innovative in a quick manner. We've got so much regulation and sure. so much bureaucracy. So I think it's different. The environment drives a different model, different size. It's Absolutely. 100%. So I, I spent 23 years at a public utility uh, and then so switched to retail yeah. in 2021. Mm-hmm. And it is the best. Mm-hmm. I am like so happy right now because yeah. you can literally Liberation. decide something and then go do it the next yeah. day where it would have been like six months discussion and justification. So being able to move quickly is really nice. Yeah. I mean, when you left our meeting, people were like, oh, we wish we could do all of that because it was so exciting and you could have an instant impact. Or an instant explosion in your face. (laughs) And then you're writing an instant memo on how I failed, but what I learned. And yeah, it moves fast. It's conducive to that, which is really fun. It's fun, especially when you got a little New Yorker in your blood. Mm -hmm. I want to keep things moving. Or a lot. Or a lot. If you think I have a lot of yeah. New York in my mind. Yeah. It actually transposed really well into an environment like media and tech and Netflix, who's mm-hmm. moving quite fast. They're speedy in there. You know what's funny? They're speedy in there. But when it comes to change management, it's the same clock. Mm-hmm. It's oh, yeah. the same journey that you have to take them on from zero to there, to there on whatever the solution is, or is there a big milestone or big initiatives or what is mature? Maybe I was telling you guys, like, I'm trying to get legal to maturity in tools, foundational systems and the right data moving through them so they can make better decisions with it. And what is that? It's the same clock as the bank. And I'm sure as Mm -hmm. that retail, and I don't know, I'm just going to throw out a number. I think it takes three years to even get anywhere as a starting point on the thing. I actually agree with that. I think year one, you're kind of figuring it all out, what needs to be done. Year two, you're kind of selling what needs to be done. And then year three, you're doing it. And then you're picking up the pieces. (laughs) So it might even be a little bit more to get to a full maturity. And year three, you start doing it and it might not be done. I'm 18 months in and it will be the end of next year before we've actually executed our plans. And that'll be three years. For me, it depends on like what you're talking about. Like what is it we're trying to change? Mm-hmm. Or I'm what is it we're trying the, to do? The big stuff. Yeah. The big stuff. The big stuff. Like the transformational or foundational technologies. Maybe there wasn't one. Maybe you're a high volume contract environment and there's contracts and all the processes around them are just a mess and they need an overhaul. And templates need an overhaul and you need the tech solution and you need everyone bought in mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. I think I define that as a big one. That's that a big, big one, one for you? If we're talking like big ones for legal, right? It would be what? Like matter management, sure. e-billing, mm-hmm. document management, that kind of stuff for the core, getting people to use it, figuring out what you want to do, implementing it, then getting yeah. people to use it. It does take a while. It does. And I think a key principle in change management is the people you're doing this for have to trust you. And it takes a while to build that trust so that they'd even want to listen to what you have to say or a solution that you're suggesting. How'd you do that when you got to Wells? Gosh, I did a lot of listening. My first six to eight weeks, I spoke with over 200 people. That's all I did. And I just said, lay it on me. Just tell me, don't hold back. And I had some really, really frank conversations and 
heard people's frustrations and I took pages and pages of notes and I still refer back to it. Did and you take the notes in your phone? No, no, in one note. In one note, okay. I like but, to know um, people's productivity. But you know, here. looking back, like the feedback I get from them is they thank me. They say, you get it. You've heard us. And that's you've so important. Us. Yeah, They want to know that you really understand their problems and we're building solutions for them, not for what we think they need. And that's the most important part. Can we sew that into a pillow and put that on the third <laughs> chair in the room? It's letting them feel like they're being heard. And then showing you're solving based on that, not what we think we mm-hmm. need. I always worry about us because there's checklists to legal ops. You and I just did a quick one. We're like, matter management's big. Mm-hmm. Doc management's big. Contract management's big. But that doesn't mean only go in and do those. You have to listen. Mm-hmm. What was your beginning process, like, Julie, in building trust and well, establishing a beachhead? So when I went to BBW, same thing. I met with everybody and yeah. I met with everybody. Like some folks just... Hey, I'm going to go to practice area heads. No, I talked to everybody mm-hmm. in the department and we were building. So we had just spun off. So BBW was formulating as its own standalone company for the first time. So it was kind of cool to be there when that was all happening. So we're hiring all these practice area heads and all these attorneys. So I wasn't necessarily the newbie, which was great. Yeah, I was the newbie, but we were all kind of newbies together. But what you were saying, talking to people so that they think they've been heard. No, they were heard. Mm-hmm. And not only do you just like, talk to them that first time, but as long as they're part of the process the whole way through, Absolutely. right? Where are we going? And we talked about this, hey, keeping everybody up to date, asking their opinions along yep. the way. Hey, this is what I heard you say. And I always tell people, we may not do what you want. This may not pan out to what you're asking or what you want, but I want everybody's opinions and we'll figure out what's best for the company and the department. Even when that happens, even if the people necessarily don't get exactly what they were wanting, then at least they were a part of the process. Absolutely. Completely agree. I also think I have a slight advantage not being a lawyer. That's right. You're not a lawyer. Julie, are you a lawyer? Mm-mm. Ooh, three. Yeah. Air quote, air quote, <laughs> non-lawyers. I don't say non-lawyer, but. We get in trouble for saying non-lawyer. Yeah. You're yeah. not supposed to say Nobody that. should what be is a non. No, and Nobody's why is that? Non. We, we say we legal kick professionals. Around legal professionals. <laughs> yes. There's we're so legal many. professionals. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But I think. People who are in these roles who are lawyers, it's much easier for them to assume that they know how to solve the problem or what the problem is. I always joke. That's the class I want. The one class I'd audit in law school is the one where they teach you, you can do anything. (laughs) I think that's what it's called. You can do anything class because they have that in their training and in their brain, their thinking type. One time I said to a lawyer, you can implement a rights management system and I'll do the licensing deals with the record labels. You want to trade jobs for a day? And I will royally screw that up, like just forewarning. And she's like, I get it. And she backed off implementing the rights management system. Yeah, it's good for everybody to know their lane, right? Because yeah. everybody doesn't have to be good at everything. Yeah. And yeah, so we just, and I know you're big into workflow automation, yeah. but we Obsessed. implemented, I need to, we implemented workflow automation last year. And oh. so we've done four or five processes since then. But I've been just talking with somebody in the department about a new, start peeling back the layers yeah. and something that seems like there's a lot of opportunity. And I found out that one of the staff was creating a, a workflow. In, and I was like, oh gosh, I didn't know you knew how to do that. I, you know, I was going to do that. And I was like, well, what are you doing that in? And she's like, Excel. And I was like, oh dear. I was like, oh geez. Bless her heart. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I was like, and she did a great job. I looked yeah. at it, but something like that, 
which probably took her twice as long mm-hmm. than having somebody like me do it and yeah. just pour your heart out to me or let's do post-its and then I'll go back and do that. And, yeah. yeah. Or maybe she's a future legal ops staffer. Maybe. Yeah. Because you Number find three. them. <laughs> Did you guys come into your environments and find any closet ops people? I find them all the time, all peppered around legal and I could just tell their brain types. I'm like, you should be solving the problems because if they can do that the long way in Excel. Yeah, right. They maybe could learn it up in like a tap or a checkbox. Lisa, AI yeah, and- totally agree. Yeah, I've already cross-trained somebody on our tool, one of the support staff, and she's figuring out how to build workflows. Oh, and amazing. I got approval from her boss. I was like, she's awesome. Can we yeah. just let her loose? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so that's what we're doing. And you're right. You find little warriors, right? Find your warriors. Yeah. I think they're all over every department, right? It has yep. people that are sitting there doing their job, but maybe partially bored or... Maybe they like to innovate beneath the waterline for whomever they're working to support. So they're out there and you find these people, they take like a stick of gum, a corkscrew and a spreadsheet. MacGyver. And, and MacGyver, this thing together. Thank you. The MacGyver reference. And it's pretty impressive. And we have to find those people. I think it's a part also of change management. I'm on a mission now to lift those warriors up. I'm like, there's one in each practice area. I know there is. Hypothesis. And I find them and now we're trying to build this kind of, it's like a hub and spoke model. Mm -hmm. And if they know their practice area best and they're in that practice area with those, say, 10 attorneys and drafters and legal professionals all day, the relationship's built. So maybe I can plug in behind them, empower them. They get career growth out of it. They learn the tricks of the trade from us. It's pretty cool. It's starting to work and it's less of a change management drain on me. Although I still have to come around and do big presentations, which I'm not allowed to do right now. No, but that is true. If it's somebody in their own group, the adoption is going to be more likely. One of the workflows that we're doing, it's NDA. So everybody's got NDA. NDA has been done a hundred times, right? But we don't have it there. So I'm improving that but they weren't sure about the whole red line collaboration stuff. So I had the attorney from our privacy team that we already had implemented something with them. And I had the attorney present to the other attorneys. She was like, this is great. We've been using it for eight months. This is wonderful. She's showing them. So I don't have to sell them on that. She's telling them how it's working for her. That's awesome. So that's like this people network we build as part of the change management, getting in their heads vehicle. We talked about building trust, listening a lot take notes, get yourself OneNote, or if you don't have that at your company, I use Evernote because we don't have OneNote. And G, Google's version doesn't work for me. No. Are you on G Suite? No, but I just wasn't going to say because we're no you, <laughs> about you, my experiences. <laughs> you guys are both Microsoft environments. Yes, yeah. Bless Teams. your hearts. I'm yeah. in the G Suite with okay. a legal team. That mm. is... That's hard. Brace Yourselves has fully adopted the G Suite. Wow. wow. They adopted so hard that I had to pivot on a big foundational tech solution that I I thought would work. I had a hypothesis it would work. Nope. They love that G Suite. But Evernote for copious note-taking, expanding the network of us to have Mm -hmm. spokes or other appendages into these orgs. What else is in the change management formula? Oh, you talked about following up a lot. Feedback. 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 We're one third of the way through a big matter management implementation and you hear things, right? Some people think it's growing great. Other people think it's going poorly. So we went out to our champions. Tell us, we've got two thirds to go. Tell us what we can do better. Tell us what we're doing well. And just the fact that we asked 
and we got terrific feedback. And now we're going to go back and say, here's how we're going to address it. Yes. They're just really on board with us, right? Yeah. And they feel again that we're listening, that we're addressing their issues and making them part of the, the whole journey. Don't be afraid to get feedback. People where I used to work, I realized at some point that people, because I would hear little rumblings, like the yeah. water cooler, people yes. weren't happy with our, like something with our DMS. And so I would go ask people, like, tell me, you're not calling my baby ugly. I didn't make this tool. I'm okay if you don't think something's working, tell me so we yeah. can make it better. I was realizing that people were maybe afraid to tell me because, right. no, no, because it was my project yeah. or something. And so I just made that clear with everybody. This software or this project isn't about me. Yeah. This is about our department and the company. So we need to be doing like mm-hmm. the right thing for everybody. And that yeah. builds the trust some more. I got thick skin. Just tell me. I have adopted that so heavily that I almost present that as an option up front. I say, look, I use Gray's Anatomy GIFs or GIFs, as some people say. I use the Gray's GIFs for this. I'm like, look, and I show Meredith and Derek. And I said something like, we're going to try this solution for you over one of these foundations. And look, if it doesn't work out, don't worry, we'll just take it out. And then the bus hit Derek. And I said, <laughs> and then I said something like, because remember, legal, he is not the son you are. And then it was a son emoji in there, you know. <laughs> It was the UK film team and they were just in series team. They were like, good night. They love the Gray's analogy. But I use that to remind them like all of these technologies are not permanent. They're not forever. They're for the next leg of time. What is that? One to three years, maybe three to five years if your environment is slower to turn tech around. And it's just a stepping stone. It's not a dead end. So don't worry. We'll take it out if we need to. And I think something, another change management is what you said earlier, the very strategic roadmap. So we're change agents for not just legal, but I think for the company, a lot of times now, Ops is just branching out all over. So having a roadmap, and it used to be, I used to have a three to five when I was at AP. Now it's a one to three, Mm -hmm. one to two. It does change. So you can show your chief legal officer, hey, this is where I think we're going. Are we on the same page? Like, Are my priorities? Is this right? And just make sure everybody's sort of beaten to the same drum. A strategic roadmap, sharing it, soliciting feedback from your leaders on that, from your users mid-implementation. Mm-hmm. Design these implementations to have some breathing room yes. so that there's even room to pivot or make some adjustments in mm-hmm. there based on that. I think that's where I know I've gone wrong in career. I'll just be like, we're implementing cool and I'll put my head down pop up a year later and they're like, what is this? And I'm like, well, that's a great question. What even is this? We could lose sight of that without testing it against people. Strategic roadmaps, listening, trust building, expanding the network. Sounds like you have a network of champions. We do. So you have that pretty well defined. Mm -hmm. The other thing I'd add is I let people know it's not going to be easy, right? Right up front. I tell them this is going to be hard. There's probably a point you're going to throw tomatoes at me, but we're going to get through it. And when we're on the other side, you're going to be happy. So I think it gives them permission to react badly when things don't go well. That's really smart. You know, if you plant that up front and then it's hard, you've set the expectation. I I told you so. (laughs) Yeah. And then you can go, I said on slide 42. This is the hard part, that trough of despair. No, but it's just part of human psychology is telling people the feeling of the journey or the outcome or what it's going to take, they can bear it more. They can bear the Mm -hmm. the poke of the needle if they've been talked to about how large that needle is. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, I'm not doing that enough. Because I think part of our role too is sort of hiding how the 
sausages made. Is that yeah, what it's like? Sure. Ops, I think a lot of times there's a lot of crazy going on back here, yeah. but people don't see all mm-hmm. of that. But at least saying that this is going to be yeah. hard and just being upfront about it. I like that. You know, I found it's really effective with the senior leadership because think about it. When something goes wrong, it bubbles up and then the general counsel or their direct reports come, what's going on? So I let them know up front and then I let their teams know so that there's not that disconnect. I think I need to do this more. I'm going to get a t-shirt that just says, and I can wear it <laughs> to, for the hard. first year of the kickoff, you know, <laughs> yeah. this is going to be hard. This is going to be extremely hard. I was saying on an earlier podcast, I'm sometimes like a persuasion machine. It's like, I feel like I get wound up like a doll and I just like keep going and I keep going. I'm selling, I'm selling and I spin a lot. And Mm -hmm. it's something I have to watch for because I can spin. I mean, you guys saw me speak today. I can spin and really like affect a mood into the room. And my team that reports to me has given me constructive feedback. Like sometimes Jen, you need to dial the enthusiasm Mm -hmm. back because you get them so keyed up from the spin that they rush my team. And my team's like, well, the roadmap's full. Like we said, it's still going to be six months. And then they're like, we're left kind of holding the bag there. So I like this. Maybe just be more upfront. Like it's going to take a long time. (laughs) It's going to be really (laughs) difficult. And then spin, 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 spin. You're relating to this. It sounds like you and me need to tell them the facts up front more. Well, I was in IT for 10 years before. I was in opposite oh, AAP. You're, you're well, my, pro at this. My team actually came to me and recommended that I stop drinking coffee at one point. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my goodness. They were like, how's oh, about you stop with the coffee? Can you imagine? I don't know what I would do. I'd have a separation <laughs> agreement. Literally, I'd need to leave. I'd be like, package me. No, I'm just kidding. I really love coffee. It's the last drug, you guys. It's, my, it's the last one. I'm going all the way with coffee. Ground or beans? I like cold brew, concentrate, black, no mm. cream. Cold brew is so... It's so delicious. Mm. Do you know that you can make coffee ice cubes? So yes. That, okay. That's, yeah. that's brilliant. Wow. Yep. And do you know there's just like nitro frozen coffee concentrate you can get and it thaws out slowly so you can travel with cold brew? What? I learned this from some friends that bring their like deluxe coffee wherever they go. That's my... I'm going to put that on the 2024 roadmap for coffee. Nice. Right now, I just, I get to the city. I order the cold brew to my hotel room and a refrigerator and I have it upstairs. Wow. So you were in IT before this? I was in IT for 10 years. What'd you do? What was your bend in IT? What'd you do? I had several different roles, but I was head of deployment services at AP. So whenever we'd roll out computers or do software upgrades, you know, Lotus Notes upgrades. Oh, Lotus Notes. Lotus one, two, three. (laughs) And then I was field operations manager, so desktop support and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah, you, you back must in be the, great with when one of your users calls you and you get the phone call, you must be like, share your screen, please. <laughs> Does the headset come out? They don't call me now. So BBW, which is kind of cool. Like, so people don't associate that with yeah. me here, but at AP they did. So okay. I kind of like the break because I've lost my touch, to be Got quite it. honest. It's not like it was in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. It was, it was so hardware centric then. <laughs> yeah. Kim, did you have a past life? Before this legal ops mayhem we got ourselves into? I did. I grew up in trading operations. Okay. So always ops, but not legal. Then I was in data. I've been in like a chief operating officer role for the building, business rather. So all sorts of very operational process transformational roles. And then I stumbled into legal completely accidentally. Yeah. Freak accident. fell in love with it. And I hope to retire someday from legal. Yeah. Just love it. You and me both. Well, I love that. Ladies, thank you for coming on and listing out some hardcore tips on change management. 
think it's going to be really helpful for me and for our listeners. For all of us. Thank you. That about wraps up this episode. Thank you, Julie and Kim, for talking about quite possibly the most important tool in the legal operations toolkit, change management. You can catch this and other episodes of Clock Talk wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Until next time.